And people don't realize we're just normal people, but our line got crossed, right? They, the government, the government said, I want to be more in control of your life. And we're like, no, no, I'm sorry. Now you've crossed the line. I am a husband, a father, a lawyer, a Christian, and a proud Canadian. I started this series because it was clear that our nation needs truth. Not just another biased narrative, but real information of substance. We need access to facts and the freedom to think for ourselves. I'm Leighton Gray, and this is Gray Matter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Gray Matter. You know, in 2019, Jason Kenney, who's been one of the most successful Canadian politicians of this century, swept to a landslide victory in our provincial election. Within a few short years, he was ousted under circumstances where recent polling showed that less than three in 10 Albertans would vote for him again in a provincial election. So fast forward uh, less than a year from that polling, and Danielle Smith is selected as the new leader of the, of the UCP, and she wins a majority government. It's almost a miraculous feat. How are these two things connected? Well, in a number of ways, not the least of which is something called Take Back Alberta. So what is Take Alberta? What is Take Back Alberta? What are they trying to take back? And how are they going to do it? Those questions can be answered by our guest today, is David Parker, who is the operating mind behind Take Back Alberta. And we're going to talk to him. We're going to find out more about the Take Back Alberta movement, what it's doing, what it's done what it plans to do and how it's changing the shape of Alberta and indeed Canadian politics. So welcome to the show, David Parker. Thanks for having me, Leighton. Uh, it was good uh, hanging out with you recently when we were up in Bonneville, and I'm glad to be doing this show. I'm a huge fan of the long form podcast conversation. It's actually how I get most of my, I would say, information these days. I used to be a voracious reader, still like reading, but it's so much easier to be driving and just listening to a podcast or a book, listen to a lot of audio books. But this, I think, is the future. I think what you're building here in a podcast is how we are going to distribute information in the future. Yes. And I know you've uh, dipped your beak in the, in the podcast pool as well. You, you've had, had your own show. I know you're very busy and uh, you're not uh, doing as many episodes as you, as you used to, but you are doing a lot of public speaking. And before we dive in uh, and in more detail, I'd like to show uh, just a short, a short clip of you speaking uh, publicly. I believe this was in Grand Prairie. The reason that our government went the way it did was because of the apathy of its people. And if you don't like what's happening in the libraries, it's because you're not on the library board. If you don't like what's happening in your government, it's because you're not involved in your government. But I'll tell you this right now, they are. I have bad news. A small fringe minority with unacceptable views has taken over all of your institutions. Well, that certainly gives us a, a flavor of why people are tuning in to the message of Take Back Alberta. And so I want to dive in and, and talk about this in more detail with you, David. But before we do that, as we always do, we're going to frame our discussion with a few aphorisms. Um, these are going to, a couple of these are going to seem really familiar to you. Uh, because I did some research on you. Uh, but the, the first one is from uh, someone who is no friend to you or myself, and that's NDP leader uh, Rachel Notley, who hopefully will no longer be the NDP leader soon. Uh, but she said this, she calls Take Back 
an, an extreme group with very, very extreme fringe ideas with key posts on the UCP executive, shifting that party more to the edges than in, in Kenny's days in charge. She says the UCP now consists of different people with different ideas than what was initially intended. The second quotation is uh, from uh, someone who actually is the avatar on David's uh, Twitter page, <laughs> uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, who is, if you don't know folks, is very quotable, highly brilliant and misunderstood human being in history. Uh, but he said this, the first quality of a soldier is constancy in enduring fatigue and hardship. Courage is only the second. Poverty, privation, and want are the school of the good soldier. That's one that David posted on his own page. Uh, the next one, again, uh, stolen from David's page, is not from Napoleon, but from, an, uh, from someone whom we obviously both, both admire, uh, and that is a British writer and historian G.K. Chesterton. Uh, this is from What's Wrong with the World. Quote, we often read nowadays of the valor or audacity with which some rebel attacks a hoary tyranny or an antiquated superstition. There's not really any courage at all in attacking hoary or antiquated things any more than offering to fight one's grandmother. The really <laughs> courageous man is he who defies tyrannies young as the morning and superstitions fresh as the first flowers. The final one is one that, that I chose. It's from Voltaire. And it asks the question, is politics nothing other than the art of deliberately lying? So <laughs> these are all great. <laughs> I'm biased though. I'm biased though. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're they're aimed at giving the uh, you know giving the, the people a sense of who we're going to be talking to, right? And what we're going to be talking about. So let's start with this. Let's talk about uh, Dave Berta. Let's talk about the David Parker origin story. I I know I believe you're you're the son of a pastor. Uh, grew yeah. Up in Alberta and and were homeschooled and you developed a. Uh, a various sort of child prodigy uh, interest in politics and rose very quickly within the political ranks. You want to talk a little bit about who you are and where you're from and, and how you got where you are now with Take Back Alberta? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I've given this speech probably a hundred times, so I'll try to keep it short. I think it should be able to be succinct. But uh, I was born in Lacombe, Alberta, which is a central Alberta town a little bit north of Red Deer. Uh, my dad is a pastor and my mom's a homeschool facilitator. Uh, the internet likes to make fun of me for that. And uh, I'm okay with that because I really enjoyed being homeschooled. Uh, I got to read hundreds and hundreds of books. 12 years old, I was reading locks, you know, uh, theories. I was reading Rousseau, The Social Contract. Like I was reading philosophy and, and enjoying it. And, and, and I, I didn't get the classical education of getting like Latin and things like that and understanding language by... I understanding the context with it with which that language developed but i got the the western canon i read like dostoevsky tolstoy um like all i would say all of the great you know thinkers who've delved into human psychology in a way young you know i didn't really read freud that much but uh i i also you read some nietzsche. anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> i read some nietzsche right like so and then i went to university uh, Trinity Western University, and I got, again, more of that kind of more classical education. So very happy with both being a Christian, even though apparently it's out of vogue right now, and with being homeschooled, uh, even though I got made fun of. But funnily enough, like during that time, I kind of got involved in politics at around 14. And so by the time I got to university, I just I knew I wanted to get my degree in political science, and I wanted to go and work in Ottawa. And 
I wanted to be elected. And of course, you know, any child's dream at that age, I was going to be prime minister. And, you know, I came from a small place. So people were like, oh, you're interested in politics. You'll probably be prime minister one day. Now, that's <laughs> not my goal at all anymore. I've, but I did get the, the privilege and honor of working for Stephen Harper for a year as his regional advisor for the Prairies. And that was pretty cool to go from the homeschooler from Haynes to working in the prime minister's office at 23. Wow. And then I've done a lot of campaigns. Just a lot of campaigns and one of, you know, maybe your listeners won't like this one, but I was just joking around with a buddy about it yesterday is I actually ran the national field operations for Aaron O'Toole, uh, oh. who became the leader. So not always on the far right, as you could say, right? Uh, actually, right. my politics has been very centrist. Uh, Stephen Harper, uh, I, I, I was a huge fan of Maxime Bernier when he was running against Andrew Scheer to be the leader. And, and tried to help on his camp. More of a fanboy on that campaign, didn't play a big mm -hmm. role, but uh, but he did lose, unfortunately. And then I, I really wanted him to stay in the party and, and wait for Andrew Scheer to lose, which I believed he would, and then go for it again, uh, but he didn't. But you know, funnily enough, who did was Aaron O'Toole, and so I ended right. up helping him. So I, I was a party man for a long time, like the Conservative Party of Canada. That was I was a staffer for Shelley Glover, Ed Fast, uh, Ronna Ambrose, I did an internship in her office. So I, I, I was involved in the party. I would go as a delegate for my local riding every year since I was 15 with Blaine Calkins. I think this is my first year missing, no, second year because I didn't, didn't go to the online one, but my second time missing the annual general meeting for the Conservative Party of Canada. It was just kind of my, my thing. Politics is my, is my profession, I like to say. And then, uh, and then, COVID happened. And before that, you know, they tried to cancel me. Uh, it's, a, it's a tool used in politics, right? right. And, uh, and a fellow named Wyatt Claypool wrote a hit piece on me in the National Telegraph is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wasn't even invited to Aaron O'Toole's victory party. Wasn't, wasn't even asked to come, even though I'd helped orchestrate mm -hmm. it. And that really turned me on politicians. And I guess what led us to take back Alberta is a series of me realizing that the, the, the power needs to be with the people yeah, and, it's and really that people just don't understand how their system works. And that's why they're not involved. You want to go in a bit more detail about what Take Back Alberta is and why you started it? Well, here, you're going to get a little bit of orange origin story that only my most faithful uh, podcast listeners will, have, will know, but it actually started with GameStop. I know that sounds really funny, but uh, I've been involved in politics for a long time. I knew how to be a political campaigner, but I didn't have a lot of faith in the people, if I'm being really honest, because I'd watched how they how easily they were manipulated by politicians, how few people showed up. And frankly, and this is the big thing, how hard it is to get people to show up. I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people realize how difficult it is to get people to care about anything and to like yeah. actually show up. And, and I'd, I'd been spending a lot of time selling memberships, um, you know, campaigning for various different politicians because I thought politics mattered a lot. And I would say I became a little bit cynical. But I, and for those who don't know, there was a, a stock on the stock market called GameStop. And it was that old, those old GameStop shops that were all over right. the place. And they were going bankrupt because everyone bought everything online now and it was all downloaded through the internet. And they didn't really need to have physical stores for most gaming things. So... This store was a huge, it was like the blockbuster of video games, to put it mildly. <laughs> well, I wondered where it went. And, uh, and so what happened was uh, a bunch of, of predatory market creatures, we'll call them short sellers, 
I don't know if your listeners know much about short selling, but the long and short of it is you, you're basically betting against the stock going down. Right. Yeah. And they decided that they were going to bankrupt GameStop and make money off of it going down because there's these financial um, creations by the banks that you can basically gamble on whether something's going to go bankrupt and you get paid out if you're right and you don't if you're wrong. Interesting. They're called options. And they're on the they're on the stock market. Uh, a lot a lot of people will understand this from the movie The Great Short. Yes, uh, options were what were being used that caused the the financial contagion that caused the bankruptcies of so many bank uh, American banks and the bailout and all that. Yeah. So anyway, oh eight right? That was in 08. So this yeah. is in uh, twenty twenty, late twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. And uh, what happens is a whole bunch of online people, Redditors mostly, but just people online are like, you know what? Actually, I think we could probably turn GameStop around. We love GameStop. It's like nostalgic to it. It's an institution we want to keep. So they started pouring money into it. And, <laughs> and, it, and, and I was watching this happen. And I basically, I was watching regular people, in this case, left-wing people, because Reddit's pretty left-wing. And I was watching it with Bernie Sanders too. And they just started gathering together and they said, you know what, enough of this corruption. And a little bit of my background is that like I was, I came through the reform in the wild rose. So my political okay. pedigree is very anti-corruption. I didn't like the corruption in the PCs right. and I didn't like the corruption in the, the federal PCs. And that was kind of, that was the, uh, the school of thought that I was raised in politically. And so I'm watching these people band together they had this saying called apes strong together and they would just make emojis <laughs> right and they were just like we're going to take down these hedge funds and they did and it was it was incredible and the stock is still like almost 40 times what it was when i started following it really wow and i got really mm. excited because it's like the people could rise the people could mm. rise and make their society a better place if we work together mm-hmm. and that was where that, that was the kind of the birthplace of the idea that manifested itself in, I would say, but then 2021 rolls around and Jason Kenney starts arresting pastors. Yes. And I was like, that was the end for me. And, and you know what? You know, people can get upset about that, but I'm a Christian and I, I believe in religious freedom is I believe religious freedom is fundamental. To I, got, I got very upset about that. I represented two of those pastors. Exactly, exactly. And like people like us, that was our line, right? That was, and people don't realize we're just normal people, but our line got crossed, right? They, the government, the government said, I want to be more in control of your life. And we're like, no, no, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Now you've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And so I, at that point, I was also, I was, I was thinking about like the success that the people had had at holding uh, these hedge funds accountable, basically. And I, I was pumped up about it. So, you know, I actually took a, a crazy step and I kind of declared war on Jason Kenny. Now, think about that, someone like me, right? I was yeah. my whole life, my career, my paychecks, they all came from getting politicians elected or working for politicians. Yeah. So like to step out on that and, and go against the premier of Alberta, who I just helped get elect, elected, right? Like and a hugely before. popular, I mean, hugely popular premier oh, man. when he came in in 2019 he was like it was like a landslide right yeah yeah and so i lost a lot of friends over that over mm-hmm. over condemning him on that and challenging him on that but that that kind of began the process of putting a plan together that uh that a lot of people helped with i don't want to take full credit for this there were 
hundreds yeah. of people across the province that that played different roles where it wouldn't have been successful to get rid of them. And it's not just right. TBA. It's, you know, groups of presidents. It's it's Facebook groups like holding MLAs accountable. It's there's a whole host of it's it's podcasts like the Sean Newman podcast, like the work right. that you did in the, in the courts. This is a big effort. It's APP. It's Dennis Modry. It's it is yeah. a large network of individuals that got but together. Grassroots, said, right? Not yeah, they're not all grassroots, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, and and basically said no, 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 no. You don't get you don't get to do these things to us. And the cool part was that. I got to start an organization that I thought was just going to be for a campaign called Take Back Alberta. And people kept saying, what's next? P people actually like <laughs> bought you had the answer. idea <laughs> that like we need to do something. I'm like, this is amazing because I got to tell you, it's like pulling teeth in politics most of the time to get people to come out and volunteer or do anything at all. But, mm -hmm. but suddenly, and I, I think this is because of people waking up to what's been going on. Uh, that suddenly people realize that politics does matter and they need to do something about it. And I, yeah. and I think that's why people come to my, to my meetings. I don't think it's because of me, to be honest. I think it's because over the last 20 years, I've developed a skill set in politics and almost nobody else did. <laughs> right. Like there's just not a lot of yeah. people who know how the system works. I, I think it's partially because of you, because uh, you are a very compelling uh, public speaker. I, I saw you speak in Bonneville recently. And one, one of your really cool things that you say, though, is, uh, and I read this, you, you speak to people and you say, well, you know, your democratic system is not broken. You are. Yeah. <laughs> Democracies don't work when citizens don't show up. And that's, that goes right to the core of Take Back Alberta, right? The, the, and, that, and correct me if this is wrong, the idea of Take Back Alberta is, is about who's taking it back. Right. And what's being taken back is is not just power. It's a sense of civility, of of rationality, of truth in in politics and in and in uh, and in civil society. Am I right? Yeah, we try to we try to even make it simpler. And I just when people ask me, what are you taking Alberta back from? I say our own apathy. Oh, right? yeah. It's 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 the fact yeah. that that a lot of people have not been paying attention to their politics. And suddenly it's, it's become quite clear to them that politics really does matter. And I, so what are you taking it back? Well, actually, you're just taking on the responsibility of being part of the system that governs because people love the idea of thinking a premier governs, right? That right. they're just like, they're, they're the, the royalty, the, the ruler. But, but I yes. can tell you, I've never met a premier or a prime minister or a minister or even an MLA or an MP who thinks they're governing, right? Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. they're like really corrupt ones who like don't believe in the people at all, but almost all of them take the responsibility Trudeau. very seriously, <laughs> very seriously, right? Yeah. And, and, the, and when you do that, it's a weight. It's not a, it's not a benefit. It's a huge weight of responsibility because you're, you're, you're making decisions that impact everybody, right? Yes. And, yeah. and that, that, that has an, as a, takes a toll on any human being. And the more that we can share that load, A, the less likely we are to have tyrants. And tyrants mm -hmm. are the enemy. Tyrants are the thing that must be fought and destroyed because they're the ones who want to control things for the sake of controlling things, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that have to be stopped. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. The, the people that don't want more transparency that don't mm -hmm. want you to be able to question them. These are the people you have to question. These are the people that you have to shine the light on, right? right. So what we, yeah, what we say is take it back from your apathy. 
right? And what does that mean? How do you take something back? Well, it's kind of like a form of repentance, right? You're saying, well, actually, I realized I was doing something wrong. And, and that, isn't, that isn't what you do when you repent. You don't just say, ah, well, that didn't go the way I wanted. You literally say, okay, I'm not going to do things that way anymore. I'm turning around. I'm going the other way. Right. And, and that's what we're calling people to is saying, look, you can now say, yeah, I realized I wasn't involved in my society. And that's how I got here. Okay. Now you got to go do something about it. You got to get involved in your society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, um, when you were in Bonneville recently, you were talking about something that's very important to Albertans uh, coming up in November. And this is sort of part of the next, I know you like to talk in phases about the, the plans for Take Back Alberta, but you want to talk about, about that a little bit, the importance of this annual general meeting that's upcoming. I believe it's in November in Calgary. Absolutely. So yeah, so the first part of phase five of Take Back Alberta is that we've, we've got to continue showing up. It's really a, a variation on a theme over and over again. But uh, that's the thing is that democracy just happens over and over again, and you can't neglect it. And marching so, like marching like soldiers, like in the <laughs> boat. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And, and so what we have to do is we've got to show up uh, in Calgary at the Grey Eagle uh, Resort and Casino for the what's called annual general meeting of the conservative or the United Conservative Party. Now, what happens at this meeting? Well, three important things. One, the board of the party is elected. So imagine yourself as a shareholder of a company. Right. But this company is the party, which is the United Conservative Party. And that party actually is the mechanism with which people are brought together to govern the province right now. Right. right? right. That, 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 that's how important this is. And you can show up. Uh, I don't know what the price will be. Obviously, I'm in a public battle with the president over trying to get it lower. But mm-hmm. um, you should show up. And you should vote for that board. And I mean, if you don't have the time to look into it, there's going to be a lot of people running. Uh, my hope is that a lot of them will come and speak at Take Back Alberta meetings and make their case for why they should be on that board. And then we'll obviously have people that Take Back Alberta is going to endorse. Uh, I know that there's going to be other groups of people that will also be running people that will be endorsed by their groups. And you'll be able to make a decision. I'm not going to say... Uh, that that Take Back Alberta is necessarily going to be everyone that you want on the board or that anyone wants on the board, but we're just going to be trying to do our part to get as many people there as possible and elect a board that will do three things. One, it will hold our politicians accountable. That's that's important. And I don't mean accountable in the sense of like their feet to the fire and they have to do what we say, but like not let corruption happen. You know, speak right. up yeah. when speak up when someone's being canceled uh, from running. Right. Yeah. We want a board that is accountable to the members, not a board that is accountable to the elected people, because mm-hmm. that's what a check and a balance is all about. That's part of the mission of Take Back Alberta, that grassroots connection, right? Yeah, we got to have accountability. And it's all, mm-hmm. it all goes back to the theory of like attention, right? The idea that mm-hmm. the more attention you pay to something, the better it will be. And if a lot of people are paying attention to it, then hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully that will bring light to any corruption that there is. And there's always corruption. This is the thing is I'm not claiming that anybody is not going to be corrupt. There's always people trying to use power for their own means. So there's always going to, it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle. It's like doing the laundry. You don't just do the laundry one day and be like, ah, good. That's done for my life. No, it's, it has to happen all the time. And, and it's the same with, with politics is Mm -hmm. people got to keep an eye on things. And I think that was, I learned that from Harper, right? Harper wouldn't take a penny. He hated, he fired someone for, you know, a $16 orange juice charge, right? Like, like he was all about 
respecting the taxpayer's money. And I, I think we're totally away from that now. Yeah, but that's sadly. what I want. I want to see that. And then I think the final thing, very simply, is we just need more people involved. Like, I know mm -hmm. for a fact they can't even find good staff right now, necessarily. It's hard to get people applying for jobs in politics. Like, there's not a lot of people. This is what I keep trying to tell everyone. I'm like, how many volunteers do you think are on a campaign? You know, some of them have like five people. Imagine if you were the other 15 that showed up. People, you, they would love you. It would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And, and people don't get that because they think, oh, it's some nefarious thing. Really, it's just people are so lazy and negligent about their society that they're not showing up. And that, and a lot of the times, the, it's just the people who show up are running everything because they're the only ones there. The, that's the apathy you talked about earlier. You exactly. Know? exactly. We've come to the part of our show um, that we call the reading list. And uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have the, the last word. I've got a, a you know a couple of books uh, that you've probably read, uh, especially given uh, how much you 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 are a reader. But uh, these are uh, these are books that uh, I know that um, are are sort of are likely to be in your catalog. The first one is called Napoleon: A Life. Uh, this is a book that uh, I, I read uh, a few years ago, and um, it's a it's considered the definitive biography of the great soldier statesman by the acclaimed author of the storm of war and it's the winner of the la times book uh times book prize finalist for the plutarch prize winner of the foundation napoleon prize and new york times bestseller the second one uh is um called the everlasting man the christian theology classic uh this is from gk chesterton and um this is um talks about uh, what it is that makes us as human beings e uh, uniquely human this is the question that chesterton opens with in the everlasting man his classic exploration of human history in which he argues in support of human uniqueness and the unique message of the christian faith so over to you to finish off the show uh uh do you have any any recommendations for us in terms of it doesn't have to be books podcasts whatever you think that would sort of illuminate people's understanding of of what we've been talking about and maybe help them to gain a better understanding of what take back Alberta is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in terms of the books that you recommended, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, anything by GK Chesterton, uh, another one that you'll laugh, he has a book called Napoleon of Notting Hill that I oh. and that I personally consider a great inspiration. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's, uh, that's a great, it, it, it kind of a cross between, uh, Chesterton and Napoleon, but mm -hmm. so I highly recommend Napoleon of Notting Hill by GK Chesterton. Thanks for that, David. And, and thank you so much for being with us and for all that you're doing on behalf of Albertans. Absolutely. And just, uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate what you're doing and, and how you're standing up for your province as well in the, in the cases you're taking in what you did in February on what's happening at the libraries and the schools. So thank you for standing up as well. It's, it, it's going to take each of us doing exactly what you and I are doing right now, having these conversations for us to make the difference and, you know, arguably take on the responsibility that will be necessary to fix our problems. <laughs>